It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. Well, we're excited. We have Naeem and Ashley Fazal or Faisal uh, in the house. And uh, we're really excited to, um, uh, over this conversation. They are senior pastors of Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Naeem has written a book called Ex-Muslim, where he talks about transitioning his faith from, from Islam to Christianity. He's also an ex-sea coaster. Yes, <laughs> both of them are ex coasters, yeah. and uh, we're so excited. <clears throat> and of course, Rebecca and I know them because of their close relationship to Seacoast and uh, their church plan, which I believe came out of Seacoast. Um, yes. We're so excited that they are on. Welcome, Naeem. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Yes, so glad to be here, guys. Yes. Thanks for having us. And just to clarify, we don't consider ourselves ex-seacoasters. Mm. We're part of the seacoast family. We're just seacoast kids, I guess. Yeah, we're like... We, Son and daughter of the house, right? Yeah, yes. we just left. Yeah. yeah. Huh? We went, back, we went went to college or something. Oh, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> you know. Awesome. Is there anything else? like? Talk a bit about yourself. How did you meet? How long? Maybe like you have children. Anything else that I would? Yeah. Might be How did we meet? We uh, met in college. Um, I was at the College of Charleston, and Naim had just shown up in the United States from Kuwait, and was crashing the College of Charleston FCA. You weren't actually going to the college at that time, though, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, you were. No, I wasn't a student. The first time I met you. Mm-mm. So, um, yeah, we met right after he came and I met him right after his conversion experience. Um, so I never knew him before that. Yeah. And we, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you want to know the details, it was, it was, I think, so I came after the Gulf War in 1990 uh, and I was 18 or so and came to Christ and just turned my world upside down and, or, and then I knew that. I had to figure out immigration, you know, um, and try to stay in the country, realize that I could get a um, asylum from the government, like refugee status. So I, so I was getting that, trying to figure out college as well, but I was just not smart enough to get into college, partly because, um, that's not it, true well it was it your was, school got blown up by Iraqi soldiers yeah, as yeah. they were so leaving I had, the country. So you didn't get a actually but academic, yeah, academically, it was hard, but <laughs> yes. And I took TOEFL tests of English as a foreign language, which I think you guys are familiar with that. And so got into, while I was doing that, I was attending FCA and that's when I first met Ashley. So I was like, my brother was in, in college. I was living with him, trying to what I'm gonna do. How can I apply to college with not, not being, without being, I, mean, I, was, I was without status, whole story, met her, and then try to get like try to get into her, into like a breakout. We, ha- we broke out in the prayer groups at the end of the session that night, 
Yeah. And you worked your way to get into that. I was like, I'm going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not sad about that because I had seen you, noticed you. I'm from South Carolina. I grew up in a very, um, I, I probably had never met anyone from the Middle East before. Yeah. And, um, but saw you right away. thought, ooh, <laughs> is that cutie? <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, we, so we knew each other for a few years during college days. And then we started dating my senior year. You were still yeah. a few years behind because, well, you're younger. And then also you had to take a while to get yeah. through college. Yeah. Um, and so, and anyway, we got married in 1999 at Ghost. And um, 23 years later, we have an 18 year old who's getting ready and go to App State and we have a 15 year old daughter yeah. in ninth grade and um, she is a dancer does uh, competitive dance and cool. yeah so yeah it's been a very full long journey good yeah and then did you say when we collected mosaic nope in 2006 so uh, through the arc and uh, yeah so we've been going for 16 years now that's yeah. awesome. What was the sort of motivation for you both to plant this church? Well, we were, we're just tired of Seacook. We're like, you know what? We gotta get out of here because they don't know what they're doing. That is not true at all. In fact, people were shocked when we said we were doing it because after college, we both eventually came on staff. Nine came on staff right when he graduated, and I came on staff a few years later. And um, we were loving what we were doing. We yeah. were just we joke now that I mean we just we talk about like when we take our staff back now to Charleston we're like we didn't do anything in Charleston we didn't go to the beach we didn't do anything because all we did was seacoast yeah so <laughs> we did. just lived breathed ate worked seacoast but we were young we were in our 20s we had all the time to do it and um, we were involved in numerous ministries um over the years and um you had started a young adult ministry, and I think through that, that kind of really started us. And then, well, actually, it was before we had our son, even, that we started thinking about it. Um, right. Well, we, so I would say, too, is that we, so Ashley uh, actually majored in international. Um, international relations in Spanish. Yeah. So I already kind of had kind of a global mindset yeah and so in while we were dating while well, this is a whole other thing we were like our dating was like hell it was like back and forth we, four years four years uh, on and off not on and off but like maybe yeah. twice <laughs> uh and then um and then i was gonna say i was gonna say is, is that she'd always always had this international idea of like wanting to be in the latin american world i would say so spanish major and then went on mission trips and so when we started uh when we started um doing ministry together we always wanted to reach a diverse people group and we really felt like i was saying to go like kind of like you know yeah go go from your home and you know and go from what, what is comfortable and go and reach a more diverse people group and that's why we ended up in charlotte north carolina starting a church called mosaic Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you are a diverse couple. Yeah. So your upbringing was totally different. How did you already were aware of this? Like you even mentioned now, your dating phase was 
already very challenging. How aware were you, this could be a challenge or this would be not a challenge? Like you being so different, was this ever? Yeah, maybe... what were some of the challenges that you experienced yeah. as a, a multiracial couple coming from different cultures, different and backgrounds, religions. religions? Yeah, so dating, what you, you think? I mean, that was, the, initially it was one phase, but then when my parents moved over <laughs> and I was living with them, um and well we had to keep our relationship <laughs> kind of secret from them honestly when i first met them um nine asked for me to wear a long sleeve shirt and i was happy to comply you know i've never met them before i wanted to be respectful of his parents and um so i showed up and fully clothed <laughs> and <laughs> i mean right no shorts either no shorts and um you know, he introduced me as his friend. And the good thing was I was really good friends with his sister, Obia, at the time anyway. So it wasn't totally, you know, yeah. untrue that I was just a friend of the Fossil kids. And so, um, and his- you probably weren't the dream imagination from his parents, like that's who we want to have as our daughter-in-law. In oh, beginning. I was probably the exact opposite of anything <laughs> you would ever want in a daughter-in-law. Um, and my parents were super shocked. I mean, when I brought him home, I don't, I think my dad was stunned into silence <laughs> briefly. Um, but they were very gracious. Um, once we sat down with dinner and he shared his story, uh, they were definitely um, won over by that. And um, they've always been, you know, very supportive and very gracious. Um, and even Naim's parents um, have been really they could have been way way yeah. worse and they have not been they have been his mom actually is she's nicer to me sometimes than she is to you <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true what, what were the biggest differences like when you came together every couple right comes out of a different family culture and uh, your family cultures were you know more different than most family cultures what were some of the biggest differences that you had to overcome as you started building your relationship? Hmm. Um, I think like uh, one thing uh, that I do remember having uh, conversations about and we kind of still do, but we, you know, for four years, like we, when our dating, uh, we just kind of, it, it, it's not like we didn't, we don't fight or we haven't haven't fought since we've been married for 27 years or whatever 23 i said some 27 <laughs> you said 27 yeah i thought you said 27 yeah, it was like 27 no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh is that we f we did a lot of arguing and fighting and processing and breaking up and all that uh, four years and by the time we got married, we just kind of worked through a, worked lot. Through a lot of stuff and, and learned and, how to better communicate. Yeah. And then, yes, and all those things. And so I think we really went after like trying to really communicate. Well, big thing was that we kept on saying, and I think, uh, was that we're going to, we're, we're building our own culture. We come from two different cultures. You very much realize that. And so we were very much both open to creating our own mm -hmm. and that really did change the game for us so like no one's holding on to their own right and uh it was if that's if that's 
if we're if we're if we're signed off on that there was like this mutual submission to you know to each other um and we really never really fell into honestly like either the muslim way of you know how a husband and a wife should act or even a conservative christian like fundamental view of you know wife must submit to her husband that kind of thing never really did that so we um so i think we start off with friends and we've remained friends yeah yeah we were friends for three years before we ever started dating and then we dated for four years and part of well dating to married part of that was because again he took um six years to get through college because he paid his way through and so he would work a semester and then go a semester and yeah, that type of yeah. thing and so we just wanted to wait until he graduated um to actually get married and yeah i would say we both came into it you know nimes already was third culture he's pakistani but born and raised in kuwait so he already had lived outside of his own culture and then the culture i grew up in um, there are parts of it I appreciate, but there was a lot I was not interested in holding on to. And um, also, again, somehow God just wired me up to have such a passion for culture and international um, relations, which we joke because it's international relation here. But um, <laughs> so it just set me up, I think, for success to go into a marriage that was going to be um, from two different cultural backgrounds. Yeah. And again, like he mentioned, you know, that neither of us went in clutching, this is how I want us yeah. to, to do X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. We both kind of went in like this. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, did that, what did that practically look like, building that, that third culture, not, you know, one culture and not the other culture? How did you um, start that journey of building your own relationship, family, family culture? I think that... I do remember early on, like, uh, we definitely, uh, because we were in so much ministry, we were always around marriages and, uh, and relationships and things like that. And, uh, you know, I was counseling married couples <laughs> and I had just gotten married, you know, so, so I, I think that the big things that, uh, practically helped was like the, always attention points were for some people were holidays. Like, where are we going to do what, what, how are we celebrating like celebrations, holidays, get togethers, uh, people would fight over that or just argue about that or just, and we just kind of set the tone of, okay, here's what we're going to do, you know? Yeah. And so there wasn't like the, we always come for Thanksgiving or you always come for this to I me. Mean, I think we were very, I mean, for us, I think it was very different because you only have, she only has one more sister and which means like it wasn't a big family and she's not married, you know? And so it wasn't, and she didn't have a big family like other kids. So there wasn't like this, we come all come together and you guys have not, if you're not there. For us, it was. Yeah. For us, it was, but. Because you're one of five kids. Yeah. And. But we didn't celebrate Christmas. So that really was like. That wasn't a thing. That actually worked out well because for my family, Christmas was a big deal. So what we were able to do in the early days, uh, things have obviously evolved over time and kids and all that. But for a long time, 
we would we would always go to Thanksgiving at your house with the entire clan, and then we would do Thanksgiving with my family. I mean, Christmas Day with my family, and so we were able to we were able to make things work. I'd say a lot of the um, besides the holidays, just in general, so much of it just came about through us wrestling through it, talking through it. I feel like we we have had more conversations. I mean, even in the early days, even when we were dating, I remember talking to Naeem about like disciplining kids, right? And so the mm -hmm. way I was grown up in a conservative Christian home, and then, you know, when he would tell me his mom would slap him, <laughs> and that shocked me. I was like, that's abuse. And he's like, no, it's not. But then when I saw the dynamic of their family and I saw his mom very loving and realized that it's just such a different cultural context. And um, he probably grew up with less dysfunction than my own family. And um, for sure. Well, <laughs> for multiple reasons. But I'm saying like something that as a on a Southern American, I would look at certain aspects of his family and think, oh my gosh, that's so bad. Well, actually I turned out with more dysfunction I had to work through than he ever did. And um, he just learned so much resilience in his life. And, um, but anyway, all that to say, yeah. like we had to talk through these things. So when he said that, then we had to wrestle through for, this was before you we were married. So we didn't have actual kids to practice on. <laughs> but like, what in the world, what's, what are we gonna do? Cause I said, you can't do that to our kids. And so, you know, but it allowed us to work through it. And I remember even theologically, just I had grown up with a very set structure of, you know, a handed, this is your theology, don't sway from it. And so when we started talking through different understandings of interpretations of scripture, and it, that was really the first time it made me go, wait a minute, what? You think yeah. that about that? Oh my goodness. Well, and so for me, it was helpful and challenging why I believed certain things, whether it was, this is how you celebrate Christmas, or this is what you view about in times, or this is how you discipline your kids. <laughs> right. I think one thing practically is that I think we had the uh, benefit of kind of growing up together spiritually. You know, mm -hmm. some couples don't, like they, always, they kind of already are adult spiritually or lack of spiritually. We kind of grew up together. I mean, even, <clears throat> you know, being so young too. So we were able to really process even, I mean, Southern Baptists. And then I started, uh, I was going to a highly charismatic church and then the whole spiritual uh, conversations about speaking in tongues and the Holy Spirit and all that. And Seacoast was actually one of those like middle grounds for us that yeah. we showed up. So, um, Anyways, I don't know if that helps. Well, that's awesome. I think it's uh, what you're saying, uh, Naeem Fazal, uh, Naeem and Ashley, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, is just so encouraging because like uh, you're coming from two very different uh, cultures and you're, uh, you know, showing us how you work through, talk through, argue through um, to get onto the same page. And so many of our couples, you know, experiences something very similar, right? They're coming from different backgrounds just because they're not from the Middle East, even like, I mean, even our relationship from <laughs> Ireland and Switzerland. I mean, we're very close. We're one and a half hours on a plane ride. 
but we're like we're like thousands of miles apart uh, culturally speaking wow. and uh, so it's also a big challenge um, to get on the same page and even if you're personality yeah I think even around Charleston you come from from North Charleston you come from, uh, from Mount Pleasant or whatever yeah. you know totally different surroundings and you have to work through it you have to talk mm-hmm. through it pray through it mm-hmm. so that you can create your own culture so that you can get on your same on the same page and I love that because um, you know we were just talking to a couple yesterday and they were talking about um, compromise so their question to us was, um, what do you think about compromise? And, you know, my honest answer was it just, you know, immediately was a compromise isn't isn't the way to go. We're not talking about sort of my um, uh, my opinion of how we should build this relationship and this family and your opinion on how we should build this. But we're wrestling to find out what what's God's perspective how does he want to grow this relationship? How does he want to lead this re- relationship? And we're, if, we're, if we're building a culture, it's probably more important to not just to look at, you know, where you came from, where I came from, what you think is right, what I think is right. But let's, let's listen to God together, just like you were saying, you know, engaging in those small groups, engaging in those prayer times, grow spiritually together. And, uh, and we, you know, we were comparing it to a conversation which happens where one is speaking to the other and, and a conversation which happens when you're walking on the beach and uh, you're, you're looking forward, you know, you're looking to what what God is saying to you and you're not the focus isn't the other person's uh, perspective, but God's perspective. And I love that about your story and your journey. It's really good. And yeah. it's similar. We had it. We had. For me, it felt similar on our dating. My parents didn't approve of him in the beginning. They even said, I can bring home anybody but Tim. Oh, wow. I went through a similar phase of, you know, the whole Bible verse, um, leaving your father, mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole process of what does it mean when you leave them? It's not started now when we were married. It actually started before. What would it mean leaving them behind? How could my yes. future with him look like? And yeah. this sounds very similar with you guys. Of It's not so much leaving father mother of how can I bring this in my marriage it's actually what what is God leading us to when yeah. I leave this leave them um, behind and so I I love that how much does it play a role I mean you both gave your life to Jesus individually you individually you were overcoming obstacle and challenges from your past but also within your marriage how much does it play a role for you still today to grow individually, have your identity, and that's why you're actually able to create this new culture together. Hmm. Well, Does it play a role? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think one of the things practically uh, when we were dating and then even our marriage, and even to this day, I think the one thing we do is we don't, even in joking or any way, talk demean the other person like either in public or like like even jokes like with even guys i'm hanging out with and they go oh my gosh she won't get off of my you know she won't get off she won't lay off like that's never come out of my mouth like and i don't really hang around with guys who do that or or i don't really engage that conversation i might like uh you know something funny but but never, there's never been that. And I think that that has allowed us to really view uh, or uh, create space for 
both of us to evolve into the kind of person that God wants us to be. I mean, Ashley's no, no way the person I married. <laughs> you know, and I think people don't realize that. Like, the, the person you marry is not the person you're going to stay married to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you don't see that and you don't have space for them to grow, then it's kind of doomed. Um, yeah. Because they go, well, this is not who I married. Exactly. That's exactly the point. Yeah. It's not. So um, she's allowed me to grow and become and explore. And, you know, when she got, when we were dating, we, I mean, I was going to be a missionary to India doing faith crusades, healings, miracles. That's what Come you said. Until so you found out you couldn't get a visa <laughs> in India. <laughs> they won't let him yeah. in the country, but yeah. yeah. But I was like, going to be this, whatever, whatever. And she, that's one of the reasons why she broke up with me. When she's like, I don't want to do this. That's not my life. Um, <laughs> and right. I mean, it's true, right? It's true. Oh, she did. She broke up with me. Twice. We should just do this on the podcast. <laughs> she the first time she broke up with me, I got to tell this. This is crazy. This, I, what year was this? 1993. The first time we broke up was right after we first started dating. Was that the one New Year's? She no. called. No. The very first time we broke up, honestly, it was because we were overly attracted to each oh, other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, get off of me. <laughs> and so I was like, forget it. We're breaking up. This is this yeah. is too hard. And then we got back together pretty quick. But then I graduated college and I went on a six-month um, discipleship training school <laughs> with Youth with a Mission, YWAM. I was on a mercy ship in the Caribbean, which sounds all fancy, but it was... The yeah. hardest experience of my entire life. Yeah. And so, yeah, New Year's Eve. I was like, hey, happy New Year. She was like, I don't like it anymore, and we're done. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I was like, what? And then. Because and, you were still wanting to be a missionary in India, and I was living. Not in India. Wherever. I was living in a village in the Dominican Republic with no electricity and tarantulas, and it was terrible, and yeah. I don't even like hiking. Which is not my problem. It's and not my. So I didn't want to have anything remotely. She was to like, do I don't want anything. She said, she was so racist, too. She was <laughs> like, I don't want any, anything to do with your people. And I was like, my people. Don't bring them in this. And then she was like, we're done. And I was like, what? And I said, no, we've got, I got a prophetic word. And she was like, you can take that prophetic word and shove it. <laughs> that was my New Year. Listen, I went on a mission trip and became the least spiritual. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well. ministry for the birds. Forget this. I'm out. Oh, my goodness. But I came back. In like three days of stepping foot back in the U.S., we were back together. No, I... uh, not three days, but three weeks. But yes, <laughs> yes. So if you, if everybody's taking notes, that's how you start a relationship. <laughs> I, mean, I never let, let her forget it. No, too. so good. It's a funny story. You but didn't think it was funny. Oh, I didn't think time. that was funny. I was like, oh god, my life is over. <laughs> oh, I am like. Uh, Michael Morris, if anybody knows Michael Morris, is pastor at Mosaic. Um, Seacoast. Seacoast, not Mosaic. <laughs> Seacoast. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, he, he was a mentor of mine. He took me to lunch for three years uh, every, every week, which was crazy. But when, when this happened, he was like, oh man, all you would do is just cry. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh my gosh. And he even brings it up even now. 
<laughs> but now you know she needs electricity and running water. And then she's apparently, like, yes, apparently. So there's no Jesus come follow me kind of thing. There's no. Jesus said, follow me to the suburbs of Charlotte. Yep, he did not that's, say. Yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> And I'm assuming uh, that whole missionary push, that evangelist push, that 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 longing to see God move in other people's lives, that was definitely something that you could also put into practice in in church planting in mosaic. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, I actually am our missions and outreach pastor, and I have been <clears throat> since the beginning. So um, God knew it was in my heart all along. It just looked different than what I was afraid He was calling me to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's funny about Ashley is, is like she's a passion for outreach and social justice and quality and all those things. And then she also hates it. Like, so she'll like go into it and she's like, it's so hard. I hate it. I want to give it up. And then she's like, so take, 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 so pick it up again. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, what? take up your mind, you know, but, <laughs> so, but that's been really, that's been really great because um, we work really well together because I, could, I think I can gather people and make them feel great, but she actually cares for them. <laughs> That's yeah. a good balance. Yeah. That's cool. How much does it play a role for your marriage that you have like these outside goals, like reaching the people, that it's not just being happy together, not just feeling loved from each other, that you actually have a purpose as a couple? And how did you find out this could be our calling for our marriage, not just to be married, but there's, there's this bigger picture. Like you said, Ash, in the beginning, there was like the international, there are more yeah. people. Well, even when we were dating um, or maybe first married, I can't remember the exact timeline. No, late, late dating. We started the college ministry at Seacoast. And so I somehow we have always been on mission together like it was never not that um so i can't even imagine what our lives would look like if we had two very separate interests or focus and i know people do like obviously player one of our pa two of our pastors spouses um work in other industries completely and so uh, you know it's not that this is the prescription it just happens to be how yeah. we've been and yeah i don't know if I, i'm answering the question but i would say like again it's connected to like um being committed to the other person uh being committed to the other person in terms of like god has a plan for their life and god wants is growing in them and the holy spirit wants to do a work in them and the, you know like the reality is, is that, you know, I mean, I don't know what people believe in how, what the afterlife will look like, but I'm not quite sure if there's really marriage in heaven, right? So um, the goal is like, I have to be, I'm here for a season um, and to be her champion, like to be, to make sure that everything that God has put inside of her, I am in putting and encouraging her and bring that out of her. Like I'm bringing out the best, calling her up. And she's doing the same for me. So if that means in the ministry context or in secular context or everyday work or career or passion or whatever, like that is my goal. Like, so I think I've seen couples try to mold into like if one person's called to ministry, the other one tries to mold into that or 
is or feels like they need to be a part of that. And that never is a disaster because what ends up happening is like people end up going for a decade or so and then going, I never wanted to do this. I, yeah. you know, I never wanted to do this. This was your idea. This was your passion. I never really want to be in ministry. And I've told her, I said, if you want to get out of ministry, get out of ministry. Like, you know, so I think we set couples up in, uh, that say, you got to do everything together. Yeah. Like, ministry's got to be together. All your, all your things, you got to be together. You got to be, I'm like, good night. Like that's, some people work well like that, but others don't. Like, that, on that note, this is a little spinoff from that. I was thinking about that recently, how I feel like in certain well-meaning instances in the church world, it has been conveyed, this is what it looks like to have a godly marriage. Yeah. And it does not take into context personality, culture, the dynamics of what works well for a couple. Um, this is a silly example, but I don't know why this is one that sticks with me. One thing that I had heard, you know, was always go to bed at the same time. <laughs> and I have wrestled with that. Like, I don't wrestle with it because I think it's dumb. But <laughs> people who are passionate about that, I'm like, you can delete all of this. Why? <laughs> why does that make us a more spiritual couple or more godly couple or make us a better couple? Because, you know, this guy's a night owl. And in fact, at 10 o'clock at night, he's going to be walking the neighborhood listening to an audiobook or a podcast. Well, I'm going to bed at, at 10, <laughs> 9.59, 10 p.m., lights out, asleep, you know, Night don't night. bother me. And but 6 a.m., you know, I'm up. And, and if I if I get up early and show up, she's like, what are you doing here? This is my time. This is my time. Go away. Like, no, I'll but, go back to bed. But seriously, like, so compromise to me, it would be a compromise to say, okay, so don't take your walk, come get in bed with me so we can go to bed at the same time and somehow be yeah. a more, you know, godly couple. Or drag his behind out of bed at 6 a.m. and he's not awake even this morning <laughs> I was trying to tell I was like can I tell you something I, I learned it's really cool and he's like mm -hmm. but this is, every, <laughs> this is every day she's every morning she's like she's got like these theological books like she's going to a freaking seminary okay and she was like well let me just read you this I'm like oh god okay and but she the thing is I don't have to pretend and she doesn't have to pretend it's one of those like you're here. I just want to talk. You're willing. You're willing to pretend to listen. Well, I'm good with that. Like so. Yes. But all that to say, like, um, obviously there are things that truly, like, when I was talking about, we don't disrespect each other in private or in public. Like that's a given. But other things that I think that the current evangelical Christian, this is what a good marriage should look like. <laughs> I think some of that is just a little off and it actually can box people in and then cause some guilt and shame when you can't live up to that standard or it doesn't work right for your family or your situation. And then you're like, oh no. I mean, I even remember when we first had our son and we were, there were certain teachings going around of like, this is what it looks like to be a godly parent and raise your kid according to God's word. And I remember talking to his mom, again, born in a village in Pakistan, five kids who lived in a one bedroom apartment. Do you think that some of the stuff that we have conveyed is like how to parent your kids 
makes any sense to your mom whatsoever would yeah. even work in her context. So again, I think I think that um, sometimes it can do more harm than good when we try to say this is the box of what your marriage should look like or your parenting should yeah. look like or whatever, mm -hmm. and not allow the expression of what actually works for mm -hmm. the dynamic of your family. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th I think we're coming to the end now. At the end of the, our podcast, Rebecca and I share a little bit of our takeaways from what we're learning out of the conversation. I think that would be my sort of takeaway. My red line throughout the whole conversation has been that they've created their own culture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even now, um, you know, night owl or going to bed early or getting up uh, or getting up late, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Um, going, um, that, um, that they've ha given each other permission um, to be who they are mm -hmm. and not to walk on the experiences of the past, but to, uh, you know, uh, turn to God and create something new and be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, think, I think that's awesome and an awesome encouragement for other couples. It doesn't have to look the way it did in your past, in the way you grew up. Um, it doesn't have to look, uh, when, you know, when you look to the other family. It doesn't look like this, but it looks like something new. And let's let's give each other that freedom and let's support each other. Let's empower each other um, to live out that that new kind of relationship. For me, it's, for me, it's similar. The laying down new past, laying down new experience and being open for who are we? Who has God called us to be and who do we want to be? The freedom in that as well. It's yeah. not fitting the box and it's not leaving the past or leaving the experience behind, it doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, we can build upon, but it doesn't yeah. mean we have to keep the same pattern for us. And there's a reason why God brought you two and other couples together. So what's the strength in this being together and how can this strength be expressed so that other couples can be encouraged? So I love that, which comes always down, which you express so well, communication. I think you yeah. have to talk yeah. a lot. And without putting each other down, the talk should be yes. the lifting up and building up and what's our next step and not defending of why we should be still doing the past. And so not being afraid to really have all the conversations. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you're creating something new, it's really difficult because you're holding on to your past experience. That's what Which gives is security you, yeah, it gives you security. Mm -hmm. That's what's giving you identity. Yeah. And you feel like if you're letting that go, you're letting yourself go. Yeah. Uh, and but, sometimes support system holding yeah. on could be all the people who are living the same, understand you better, but you chose a path where your surroundings even had to adapt to your rhythms and to your choices. Yeah. And I think the vision of creating a new identity is also very motivating, right? So they're saying, uh, you know, this is us now, right? We're creating yes. a new identity. And if, you, if you're both in on it and you're both ready to let go of the old identity, you can create a new marriage. You can create a new relationship. You can become that unstoppable duo that you yes. all were. Come on. And it continues, like you said. Yeah. We're not the same when you're married. So it's not like the one conversation we're there. It's a, you change, you grow. Like you actually bring in new books and new ideas that you have to think through so i love that it's awesome that's awesome yeah um just before maybe before one of you would pray for our couples um would you mind sharing where can we get in contact with you if somebody's interested listening to you and wants to contact you what's the best way well ashley's got her own website 
Wow. Uh, let's see. So we're on Facebook. We're on social social media in terms of Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but she tweets for me. I uh, don't. Also, probably more Instagram than Facebook. We're not too great about checking that. So yeah. Instagram is probably the most direct what's way. Your, what's your Instagram handles? Nine Fossil and Ashley Fossil. Yeah, pretty simple, uh, pretty straightforward. I do have a website, uh, Nine Fossil. <laughs> Dot org? I don't know. Dot something. <laughs> Dot something. <laughs> Just Google. Just Google us. We're Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. Um, but I will say this before you guys leave. I mean, I think for one, for couples, uh, one encouragement is that you know, just like we've invested so much trust in one another, and so sometimes it's not just how clear you are in communication, but I think fundamentally sometimes there's uh, there's a trust issue that that people don't have, and we are fully convinced. I mean, we will disagree on stuff, and we'll be annoyed at each other for days, <laughs> even at times. But there is a unstoppable, if you want to call it, or undeniable uh, truth that we've seen and believe that we are for each other. Okay. So, like, whatever it is, we are trying. We have the, our that we have the other person's best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. So then you can have any and all conversations. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Would you, Ashley or Naeem, would you pray for us? And the pray couples. for the, the couple. No, 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 do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Come on. I'll do, it. I'll do one word, you do one word. I'll do it. <laughs> Let's try that. That's never happened in your podcast, has it? Has it? Come on, try it. Come on. Dear Lord. <laughs> Trying. You do it. Okay. Come on, you all look at those books. Just read something. <laughs> oh, God, I thank you so much for this opportunity just to gather together and um, have this conversation. Lord, I thank you um, for the heart of Rebecca and Tim to just love them on and pour into people and, and, and calling them up um, to just a, a more devoted mm. relationship with you in a healthy way, in a godly way, in a way that truly reflects the heart of Christ. Um, I pray for anyone listening to this or watching this today that they would hear what your spirit wants them to hear and, and what they need to apply in their own lives. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that we are all up in a process mm. of growing and um, may we never think that we've got it all figured out, but that we can always grow and, and learn from one another. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on the Unstoppable Duo Show.